as far as in the building, I'm literally preaching to the choir or the music team, as it, as it were. Um, so it's an expression that's been a, around a long time, and now it's, now it's reality. But uh, I'm also glad to be talking to those of you who are able to join us via the live stream, and we look forward to God using this time in his word together. This will be uh, different than a regular Sunday, even more than just, just this, um, even just that I announced that you're supposed to go to Romans 8. Uh, if you've been with us for any length of time, uh, you know that, that we're in a series in Luke right now. Uh, so we're suspending that for this week to talk about what it means to live by faith and love in days of uncertainty. So Romans 8 is where we'll read in a few minutes. Uh, but for all of us, this is uncharted territory. I've never done this before. Uh, this is a truly unprecedented time as far as for each one of us who is living today. The last time that churches were closed for an illness or for an event like this in the United States was in 1918. That's a long time ago. It was right at the close of World War II, and many churches were closed for several weeks, and they struggled with it just like we struggled with it and thinking about it. What are our priorities? What do we do? And in those days, they closed their doors while continuing to communicate with one another, continuing to care for one another, continuing to reach out to the lost, even as they were seeking to love their neighbors by not gathering in large groups where disease could spread. And this is a time that feels a lot like that. There's much uncertainty. And so we as followers of Jesus, have a unique opportunity as far as in our own lifetimes to demonstrate by our attitudes and actions that we have certainty on the most important things. It doesn't mean that Christians don't catch this, right? It doesn't mean Christians don't get sick. It doesn't mean that Christians don't die. It means that death cannot have the final say. Because Jesus on that cross said, it is finished. He paid it all. And he rose from the dead on that third day, triumphing over sin, death, and Satan, so that death even now has lost its sting. It's still to be finally defeated. That last enemy to be defeated, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, is death. But death is as good as dead. And for believers in Jesus, death has lost its sting. There is no more victory for the grave. When we go, we go home to see Christ face to face. And if that is your reality because you are in Christ, then you have nothing to fear. The Heidelberg Catechism is an old Reformed Catechism from 1563 was the first edition, so it's a few years ago, just a couple, not, also not in our lifetimes, but it feels a lot further away than 1918. Question one from that catechism has meant so much to so many believers over the last 400 plus years, and it's this. What is thy only comfort in life and in death? And here's the answer that even children 
would learn as they learn this catechism, but it's a good truth for adults too. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Here's that answer. That I, with body and soul, both in life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and redeemed me from all the power of the devil and so preserves me that without the will of my Father in heaven, not a hair can fall from my head. Yea, that all things must work together for my salvation. Wherefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready henceforth to live unto him. That is a really great question and answer. What is our only comfort? That we belong to Christ who gave his life for us, that our Father is watching over us, taking care of us every minute of every day and ordering everything so that we will be home with him and with all his people forever and that we have the Spirit to assure us and to empower us to live how he has called us to live, not for ourselves anymore, but for him who died for us and rose again. May we be comforted with this same comfort from our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit conspiring together to save a people, to save us, and to keep us all the way to the end. So as we think about how to be certain in these uncertain times, that's actually a really great answer, a great summary of a lot of biblical truth that would take weeks and weeks to unpack. But I want us, as we're thinking together this morning, as, as Aaron's already mentioned, this is on our minds. We're checking updates all the time. What's going on? What, what more emergency has been declared? How many new cases are there? How many people have died And it's good to be aware of what's going on, but we can't be captive to that. So I want to think about faith and love in a time of uncertainty. And first, as we think about that, faith must be greater than fear. As followers of Jesus, we have nothing to be afraid of ultimately. Again, it doesn't mean that no one will get sick. It doesn't mean that no one will die. It means that the worst thing cannot happen to us if we are in Christ because we belong to him. So faith must be over fear. We always trust in our sovereign God who holds the world in his hands and numbers all our days. He knows the, days we, the day we were born. He knows the day that we will die. Now, we don't know if it'll be because of this. We do know if the Lord waits, it will be because of something. None of us live forever. And none of us, Romans 14, 7 and 8 says, none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. May that be our story. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. We belong to him. We're in his hands and we are safe forever there because of the work of Jesus on our behalf. So we can face illness and even death without fear. Panic must not rule our hearts and panic must not drive our decisions in these uncertain 
days. So if you still have your spot in Romans 8, you're like, Rob, did you forget? Um, No. Romans 8, we'll begin reading in verse 28. This is such a familiar passage to us, but there's a reason it's familiar. There's a reason we come to it a lot, and it's because of the amazing truth about the steadfastness of God's love for us and his providential care. So Romans 8, beginning in verse 28. What holds us in times like these? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who's to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is God's word, and it's his word to us. Nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God of God. He unfailingly brings all his children home. And since God never fails, we can live by faith in him rather than fear. In Christ, we have nothing to fear. In him, we've already died and been raised to a new life, a How many times am I going to look at this side room today? There's definitely no one over there. Sorry about that. (laughs) At least you guys are out here. Thanks. (laughs) It's terrible. Force of habit. Christ has died and has risen. And we have died with him and been raised to new life. Life in the spirit. Life different than before we died to sin. Life different than the way we used to live. Different than the things we used to fear. We don't have to fear those things anymore because we belong to Christ. We belong to him. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We're his. No one, nothing 
can take us out of his hand. So faith must be greater than fear. Having said all that, faith, and I looked at it again, sorry. Faith does not equal foolishness. It's one of the reasons that we're gathering like this today. Faith does not equal foolishness. We don't say, I'm secure in Christ, and go around shaking everyone's hand that we can, even though they're trying to pull away from us. We don't do that. We don't know everything about this pandemic. I think we all probably are beginning to feel like experts on this stuff, just because of how much time we've spent on it in the last few days, but the truth is we're not. We're not. No matter how many articles you've read, no matter how many press conferences you've watched where inexplicably everyone's shaking hands and touching the mic and bumping into each other, we're not experts on this. And so we're not going to proudly press on when established leaders and when experts on this are recommending otherwise. And we may say, well, they're not experts on this particular thing. That's true. It's new. But this is the sort of thing that people train for and plan for and prepare for. It's not something that I'm trained for or have planned for or am prepared for. So faith doesn't mean we touch everything in sight and high-five everyone we meet. It doesn't mean we say, well, it doesn't matter whether I live or die, so let's go ahead and gather as the whole church. No, this is out of love for others. We don't have to be afraid. I'm not afraid of getting sick. I'm not afraid of dying. I know what my future is, but I want to love my neighbors. When we were discussing what to do for this Sunday a few nights ago, Aaron very wisely pointed out the Bible could lead us kind of either direction on what to do, right? In the story of Ezra, when he was going back to the promised land from exile, he refused protective help from the government for his journey to Jerusalem. He says, I would have been ashamed to ask for their help when I have God's help. Now, he still made plans, and he actually appointed people to protect the most important things that were going back because they were carrying a lot of items that had come from the temple when it was destroyed. So he still made plans, but he didn't accept outside help. Instead, he fasted and prayed. That's in Ezra 8, verses 21 to 23. But then on the other hand, another story of going back from exile to Jerusalem, Nehemiah, in a very similar situation, a generation later, he had army officers and horsemen for his journey in Nehemiah 2.9. Well, which one did the right thing? Well, in the biblical record, it seems like both of them did. Ezra refused the help. Nehemiah took the help. They both trusted the Lord. They both prayed. They both knew that it was the Lord who would preserve them and make their quest successful. They both prayed. They both made preparation. They just did it a little differently. And in this situation, in our day, in our moment, we don't want to panic, but not panicking doesn't mean not planning, right? Trusting God doesn't mean we jump off a bridge expecting him to catch us because we belong to him. There's a difference between trusting the Lord and putting him to the test. God expects us to be wise. So we should wash our hands. 
We should practice good hygiene. Just as a note, you should do that anyway. All right? So even when you, when you think about gathering and it's like, oh, you know, I had a fever this morning, but I'm pretty sure it just broke so I can come. Don't come, okay? Uh, whether, whether it's COVID-19 or something else. Uh, you can do that out of love for neighbor and you can watch us on the live stream and Lord willing, we'll see you the next week. But especially in this time, wash your hands, clean off surfaces, do all those things that are being recommended to us. When you're with other people, and it's so hard to do that today, even as everyone came in and it's like, ah, okay, right, hi. Um, choose non-contact greetings and keep at a reasonable distance out of love for one another. So faith must be greater than fear, but faith doesn't equal foolishness. It doesn't mean just saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't see any problems, so we should just carry on as is. It seems pretty clear that we're not carrying on as is in all the other spheres of our lives. And so as the church, we don't want to be the, the one thing that's still gathering a lot of people together and then going back to all the counties that are on lockdown. So we're not doing that. But it's not because we're afraid. It's because we want to love our neighbors. And that's where we're going next. Faith should be greater than fear. Faith does not equal foolishness. Instead, faith leads to love. Faith leads to love. Faith leads to love for one another and to love for our neighbors. And that, that is why we're meeting this way today, as difficult and as awkward as this is. You've all heard, I'm sure, and again, I'm not an expert, maybe not even as much an expert as you, but I'm sure all of us, if we've heard any news in the last couple days, have heard the expression, flattening the curve. You've probably also heard that we're about two weeks behind Italy in the progression of the virus and the efforts now that people are taking voluntarily and in the story of the schools and some other things, not so voluntarily. The steps that people are taking is an effort not to be in that position with an overwhelmed hospital system that is having to turn away people and trying to choose who's most likely to make it and we will serve them. If it's possible for us to avoid that situation here, we want to avoid that situation here. And what we're being told is that the best way to avoid that situation is to avoid large gatherings. Again, we're not afraid of the virus for ourselves. We do want to protect the vulnerable among us and love our neighbors who do not yet know Christ. As followers of Jesus, we must be willing to give up our rights in order to serve others. That's what Jesus did for us, and it's what he calls us to do. Faith leads to love. In Galatians 5, 6, Paul says that what matters is faith working through love. 1 Timothy 1, 5 says the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. That is how God wants us to to live lives of love for others because of the faith that we have in Jesus. In Titus 2.14, Paul says that Jesus gave himself 
for us, to redeem us from all lawlessness, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. You might think, well, we're on shutdown, everything's shut down. Even while the whole world stops, Jesus is still actively building his church. Even if our rhythms look different, and they surely look different this week and will for a while, even if our rhythms look different, the mission continues. God's not on a break because the schools are closed. God's not on a break because the dining room at Chick-fil-A is closed. You guys pray for me. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. God is not absent. He's not sleeping. The one who keeps Israel, and to bring it to today, the one who keeps his people, he doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. This didn't catch him off guard. He's not busy trying to catch up. He's actively at work, and he is actively at work in us. So let's not forget that. As maybe we're having some more family time and we're home a little more, let's not forget that God is still at work. The Holy Spirit is still in us to work out through us love and good deeds. Jesus didn't say, I will build my church except for when there's a pandemic. He'll build his church. Even the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So it's important for us to stay connected to one another in this season where we maybe don't have as much opportunity to be together physically, of being unable to meet in person as a whole church. And it's important for us not just to stay connected to each other and care for each other, but to keep that mindset of being on mission, of loving our neighbors with the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, we aren't having any, as you know, we aren't having any official meetings of the church until further notice. Uh, If you want to get together with one another for encouragement, that is up to your discretion And different people, you know, maybe you're aware of like, okay, they've only been with these people and it's okay to be together. That's up to your discretion. We're not saying, you know, you can't be with anyone else. But we aren't having any official gatherings of the church, uh, even small groups. So if everyone in your small group wants to get together, great. But we're not telling you, we don't want you to feel that pressure of like, our small group's doing this. And if you're faithful to the Lord, you will be there. We don't want you to feel that pressure. But if you want to get together with other people, um, this is an important time for human connection. So some of us, you know, we have four kids. We're, we're going to be like kind of done with human connection uh, soon. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> some of you are in a different situation, right? So especially if you're living alone and you're going, you know what? Yeah, sure, I'm watching the live stream and I can FaceTime with somebody. There's a reason that feels like not enough, Right? So when we're separated from other people by distance and we FaceTime, we go, you know, that's a whole lot better than a generation ago, right? But it's still not the same. And it's why when kids talk with their grandparents, it's like, I just want to jump through 
the screen and hug you right now. And it's like, well, we're a thousand miles away, so that doesn't work. You know, but we're so glad we can see you open a birthday present or do whatever it is. It's helpful, it's useful, it's not enough. And so even what we're doing today, we're glad that we can do it, but this is a, this is a substitute. And it's a substitute that is inadequate to carry all of the meaning, all the value of what it means to be together. So we're glad that we have this as an option, but this isn't it, and this isn't all. So especially those of you who live alone, or maybe with just one other person, um, yes, if, if you think you're not sick, and you can get in contact with other people who think they're not sick, or perhaps you're willing to take the risk and then you're not going to be around the most vulnerable among us, yes, be together. While we need to be wise, it doesn't mean that we can't connect with one another. But we do not have any official meetings of the church. And even when you do get together, uh, please, again, follow the recommended best practices for safety for yourself and for others. In this time, even though they're poor substitutes, they're substitutes that we're going to have to use to some degree, um, we are still available to meet with you. So Richie and I are both continuing to work. As you can see, it's not that the building doesn't work. Uh, the building is here. We're planning to be here at different points during the week. We're available to meet with you, to pray with you, to care for you. Um, so we'll be available pretty much as normal. And then our other pastors can be available on some evenings. Many of them are in the throes of trying to figure out what will work from home look like and how does all this work. But they are eager to care for you as well. And so they'll be available on some evenings and then on weekends to provide care, counsel, and encouragement. So just because we're shut down from group gatherings, it doesn't mean we're afraid of one another. It doesn't mean that, that we're afraid of catching something, we want to continue to care for you, both physically and spiritually. Now, if you say, you know what, I'd love to talk with you, and I actually don't want you to come to my house, that is totally fine, too. So, we are available to meet with you in person, whether here or at your place, but we'll also be available to communicate with you if you'd prefer not to meet in person but would like to talk. And there are several means of communication that we have available. And we'll be putting all these up on Facebook and on YouTube, and they're probably there already because Richie's awesome. I just haven't checked this morning. And if they're not, Richie's still awesome anyway. So you can email, as always, ne at gracecityphilly.com. So that's an email address that is checked regularly. That's an official church email address where you'll get responded to and you can start a conversation there and then we can go to other means. You can also contact us via Facebook Messenger if that is a means of communication that you prefer. Also, um, we have a phone number. The, the building has a phone number, but we also have another phone number that you can text or call and that number is 267 289 1077. Again, that'll be in the notes, but it's 267 289 1077. That is a number that you can call and leave a message, and we'll get back with you if we're not able to answer immediately. Um, and it's also a place where you can leave a text message to ask about how 
we can talk. So we can talk on the phone, but we can also talk via video. Like we talked a minute ago about people being able to talk over great distances. It also works uh, for short distances. So from that point of initial contact, we can set up a video call with you as long as you have a smartphone, tablet, or computer. And if you're watching this, I think we can fairly safely assume that you do. So there are a couple different ways that we can do that. So if you're in the Apple ecosystem, you know, we can use FaceTime and talk to each other that way. If you don't have that, um, we have the Google suite of apps for the church and we can set up a call through Google Meet and talk with you that way. So, so we have ways to communicate. If you're saying, you know, I don't want to get out, I don't want you to come, but I'd love to talk, uh, I'd love to be prayed with, I'd love to receive care or counsel, we'd love to do that. And normal things are still happening. Like people are still getting normal sicknesses. People who are already sick are getting worse or are getting better. Uh, the things that are going on in your life don't just, don't just stop because a, a pandemic is going on. So yes, there will be specific care related to what is going on generally, uh, but we understand that regular things still happen too and regular needs are still in place. So when we talk about being available to care, it's not just to talk about COVID-19. Um, it's to talk about what God is doing in your life and how you can be whole and be well and be focused on what God has called you to do in loving others and in serving your neighbors with the gospel. So those are means of communication. Of course, you can also feel free uh, many of you already have contact information for lots of people in the church. You can feel free to reach out to your small group leader or to one of the pastors. We will also be available to visit with you and to pray for you if you become ill. So you so said we want to visit you if you're not sick. If you are sick, uh, we want to visit you and care for you. I was talking with someone Friday about this, and they said, yeah, that, but that, you know, if I get sick, call me on FaceTime, okay? That, that'll be great. I don't want to get you sick. So if, that, if that's how you want it, that's fine. But again, this is a moment where we have an opportunity to demonstrate that we're not living by fear. We are living by faith. And so we want to come visit you. And we'll take precautions after we visit someone who's sick to make sure that then we're not spreading it around to everyone else. But we want to do that. We want to be there with you, for you. We're not running away from this. Uh, like, like I said, we're not stopping what we're doing on Sundays because we're afraid of catching something. We're afraid of spreading something. We, we don't want to do that and harm other people. But we're willing to go to wherever there is need, whatever that may end up costing us personally. As far as potential needs, if you need someone to pick up groceries and deliver them to your door if you're ill or if you are older, uh, we as the church want to serve you in that way. So whether it's one of the pastors, whether it's a small group leader, whether it's just someone else in the church who's near you that is glad to help, we want to help coordinate that. Uh, that's a way we want to serve one another as God's family. This applies especially to any, any of our older members or to anyone who is ill. If you need help, Physically, again, things still break in houses and apartments in this time. If you need help physically, we want to come and be with you. Please contact us through the means that we've already mentioned. If you need help financially during this season due to being unable to go to work, whether you're ill or whether your work shuts down and you're an hourly employee who 
won't get paid during the time that your work is shut down. We as the church want to come alongside you in any way that we can. Again, this applies especially to hourly workers who lose hours and therefore pay. Um, we don't know what all the, the financial and economic impacts will be uh, for each of you, and so don't, don't hesitate to contact us, and we want to see what we can do and how we can help. Kind of turning that one around, being able to help is related to your continued generous giving. Uh, my dad saw the, the video that we posted on Friday and he texted, he's like, hey, are you gonna get paid? Uh, are my grandchildren gonna be okay? I'm like, dad, we're, we're fine. We have some money in reserves that the church does, and we have some too, but the church has more. Um, the, the church has money in reserves, and it's one of those situations Richie and I were talking about it the other day, and you go, you know, why do you need three months of reserves? What would happen that we don't meet for three months? Like, I don't know. I can't imagine what it could be now, right? It, here we are, and so we do have reserves, but we also have ways to take in donations now, and many of you know that already, and are using some of those other means already, but being able especially to continue operations because everything still pretty much costs the same, you know, less matzah and grape juice costs, but most everything else um, will continue uh, as normal as far as costs for, for the church. But more than that, uh, there will be some among us that this is difficult for and that it may be beyond what is already in the benevolent fund. And so we want to look to use that benevolent fund that's available. So if you need help in that area, contact your small group leader, contact one of the pastors, contact John Adams, and we will do whatever we can to come alongside you in that. So when you're thinking about giving, how does that work? You can give online through our website. And on that page, there's also a link to an app that you can use to give. You can also give via text once you get that set up. Or you can give by check. As I said, Richie and I will, will be here some throughout the week. So we will be checking mail during the week. So you could mail or have your bank mail uh, for free. Um, you can have your bank mail a check to the church. We will get that. And we, as long as banks are open, uh, we, Richie will take that to the bank and we will get that deposited and then be able to use those funds. And also through any of those means, you can designate giving toward the general fund or toward the benevolent fund. So you can give directly to the benevolent fund, uh, but if the benevolent fund becomes overwhelmed by needs, we can certainly look into using general funds to help as well. So with God's help, we want to love one another in the church and be family to one another as God has called us to be. Uh, another way that we want to stay connected and grow together during this time, because it is, it is a little different, we're not doing our regular meetings. Um, if you have questions that are of a more general nature, uh, please send them. We're looking into creating some content to share during the week as well to serve you. It already feels like a long time between Sundays, but when you have a small group in the middle of the week and other people you're getting together with, um, these times, and especially when you're not going anywhere and your kids aren't going anywhere, these times might feel like really long between Sundays. So we are looking into creating some content to share during the week and not just this live 
time together on Sunday. So maybe we'll answer your question if we think that answer would serve the whole church um, during this time. When we have all this extra time on our hands, for some, we want to use it wisely. So sure, watch some movies together as a family, play some board games together as a family, but don't only be discipled by Disney. Use this time. This is time that if you're healthy through this season and your kids are stuck at home and you become a homeschooler all of a sudden and you're looking forward to that time when we can get back together on Sundays and your kids can go back to school, if there's extra time because all those extra things that so many of us have in our lives, all of them are canceled. And so we're home. Use this time. This time, see it as a gift from the Lord to be refreshed. And maybe when it comes time to start things back up, maybe we don't start all the things back up. Because this is a good way to live. We have an opportunity to focus on what is important. Use this time to read your Bible, to pray, to read other books that move you toward likeness to Christ, and to build up one another. And so we want to help with that where we can. So we want to love one another in the church. We want to keep connected as well as we can in this season. But we can also love our neighbors. That doesn't stop just because there's a pandemic. It's not just, okay, we care for each other in the church, right? We're supposed to care especially for those in the church, but we're also to do good to all people. So we can also love our neighbors. With less movement going on generally, there will be more opportunity with our immediate neighbors. Opportunity to express our trust in the Lord and our confidence in the face of death, to be calm when others are worried or afraid, and to love them in practical ways. So this can happen at the grocery store. You can be calm when other people are freaking out. You can try to smile as everyone is well within the social distancing required uh, recommended limits. Um, you can smile. You can move out of the way for someone else. You can help someone reach something that they can't reach. You can go out of your way to love other people, even while you're trying to be out there taking care of your own family. And we'll tend to see in our grocery stores, we'll tend to see the people who live around that grocery store, perhaps even more than usual. And so you might run into people on your block or a street over and you have an opportunity with them in those moments. We don't just serve one another in the church. So if you have older people on your block, and we have older people down our street, perhaps you could offer to pick up groceries for them or other essentials that they have, right? So we can, I can talk all day about, like, I'm not afraid. If I was 70, I might be afraid. Like, I don't ultimately have to fear death. But, like, I'm not like, you know, let's just, let's just get there now right? And so if that's still someone's approach, they're like, I believe God has years for me to live. Part of their wise precautions may be not going anywhere at all. And so for us who are younger, who would tend to be less affected by this, this is a time when we can be proactive, where we can go and talk with other people and say, how can I serve you? And they might say, there's no way that you can right now. We're fine. But they also might remember the next time you're out 
and trying to talk with them and trying to care for them. It was like, somebody went out of their way to love me. Why? So we want to love our neighbors. We want to be there with them, for them. So don't just kind of hole up at home and go like, all right, God's given us all this time at home. It doesn't have to be that. We can still love our neighbors. And don't be afraid as you're loving them to speak up about Jesus and what he's done for you, that he is caring for you even now and will carry you to the end. This is a time when people are thinking about life and death more than usual. And so there's an opportunity. They're thinking about whether the economy's ever going to recover. They're wondering if they're going to be okay. And while they're getting all sorts of news and we're getting that news too, we can share the best news of all. That we can be eternally secure through faith in the Son of God and in his sacrificial death and powerful resurrection. As followers of Jesus, let us not retreat into a shell of self-protection. Let us not be self-focused. Let us love one another and love our neighbors, confident in Christ who gave his life for us. Let's work and let's pray. Let's pray for safety, both now and forever, for many. Pray that God would stop this virus from spreading and that he would use our efforts to be part of that. Pray that God would protect the vulnerable among us. Pray that God would give us a good testimony as those who are saved by his grace. And we can do all this. We can live by faith, not by fear. We can not express our faith through foolishness, but through love. Because Christ gave himself for us. The Father planned everything for our good And even now the Spirit is in us, keeping us, assuring us of eternal life, and making us ready and willing to live for his glory, loving one another and our neighbors. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Your love for us is amazing. It is so strong. It is so true. It is so faithful. We thank you regularly for your constant care for us. And it feels different saying it today. Would you help us to believe what we pray? That you really are who you say you are. You really are doing what you say you will do. And would you help us to trust you? To live by faith. And to love one another and to love our neighbors for your sake, in word and in deed, in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.